What must healthcare organizations do to shore up their supply chains against cyber hackers? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, editor in chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain podcast. For most of us, the release and distribution of vaccines to fight COVID-19 is a great relief, an indicator of our world soon getting back to some version of normal. To cyber thieves, it's an opportunity for profit and disruption. The sad truth is that healthcare and pharmaceutical providers today are highly vulnerable to hackers, especially ransomware. The threat has raised awareness of the central importance of cybersecurity to healthcare supply chains, both when it comes to information and the movement of physical product. On this episode, we learned about the severity of the problem and the possible solutions from Kelly White, CEO and co-founder of Risk Recon. We'll learn what kinds of attacks are most likely, who's carrying them out, and how they can and must be stopped. Here's my conversation with Kelly White. Kelly White, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Kelly, based on a report issued this fall by Risk Recon, which elements of healthcare organizations are most vulnerable to cyber attacks and hackers right now? Well, I'll answer it a very macro question. One of those key areas is the healthcare supply chain, where today it's not just a matter of going to a single doctor office and you get all of your care, but the data and the transaction of healthcare spreads across a very wide array of systems operated by a very large set of companies to help bring that healthcare to bear. And so the risk surface of healthcare organizations goes well beyond the hospital or the doctor's office that is administering the primary care. It extends out into a very complex supply chain. And so we're having to think about healthcare cybersecurity risk management much more expansively than just the traditional approach of focusing on the own systems and services that reside within the healthcare provider itself. Has it always been this way, or has it somehow become more complex in recent years? It's become far more complex in recent years, particularly with the push over the last 15 to 20 years to modernize the delivery of healthcare, which we've seen, frankly, government-sponsored programs around. And that modernization is necessary, but it's happened at a very rapid clip. And sometimes these innovations and these transformations run at a faster pace than the organizations undergoing these transformations can secure them, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Can you give me an example of an innovation that might have run ahead of a company's ability to protect against subsequent breaches? How did it open them up to a risk that might not have been there before? A couple of things. One is healthcare analytics, where it has become the normal course of business to send out patient data and care data and so forth to small healthcare startup companies for analytics on various dimensions of care. Another dimension is related to even something as simple as collections, where collections of late medical payments have been outsourced on a very large scale to companies that use 
modern systems for managing collection processes, collecting payments online and so forth, and we've seen improper security in those systems result in large-scale breaches. So just take, for example, summer 2019's large-scale breach of American Medical Collections Agency, where that company, American Medical Collections Agency, was receiving detailed healthcare information from its customers, the healthcare providers, as part of their collection process. So you just take that collection process and you'd think, well, you know, they're just collecting on a bill. Well, in order to perform that collection process, American Medical Collections Agency needed to know all of the services that were billed and so forth. And all of that is very sensitive. So you can see how the outsourcing of what might seem like a fairly simple process of collections actually can expose the most sensitive data of a healthcare organization. And each party along that supply chain has to have equivalent high security within their systems, which of course is apparently not always the case. But who are the attackers? Where is the threat coming from right now as it regards the healthcare supply chain? If we look at right now in the in the recent months, say maybe it's the 2020 theme, adversaries are very much interested in money. So they want to figure out how to monetize their attacks. And the 2020 attack of approach has really been centered around ransomware and also holding data for ransom. An example of that is institution near me in Salt Lake, which is the University of Utah healthcare system, where they had a ransomware attack. And while the systems themselves, they could recover from backups, so they didn't have an outage kind of impact, they did pay a ransom to the hackers to get their commitment to delete the stolen data. Even though they had the backup, as you say, the systems yeah. could have come back up without it, but they paid anyway on the basis of some promise that the hackers would not use that data? Yes. Healthcare organizations, I believe, care about privacy and cybersecurity associated with that, protecting customer, patient privacy, and so forth. So I don't question that. In the past, there's been, I think, some conflict when there was a perception that the implementation of cybersecurity would impact the ability for doctors to deliver healthcare services well and efficiently. The recent developments around ransomware, I think, have really cleared the table on that to say cybersecurity now has to be managed well in order to deliver healthcare services well. And that's a big change that we've seen in 2019 and 2020 because there are some cybersecurity issues which, if exploited, can impact the ability to deliver. So there has been a recent dramatic change in the perception of the need for strong cybersecurity, and it's mm -hmm. getting support from all corners of the organization. Again, where there might have been some reluctance, for example, from the primary care providers themselves to adopt certain cybersecurity measures because of the perception that that would impact their ability to deliver care. The tables have flipped, and now mm -hmm. good cybersecurity is necessary to deliver good, reliable healthcare services. Do you believe that's something that is widely understood by the industry today? I think so. I think every healthcare provider is very worried about their systems being unavailable and that they recognize that they can't deliver healthcare at the scale that our society counts on them to without those systems being available. Mm -hmm. And the cases that have occurred where 
hospitals and so forth have had to go offline for a period of time. It doesn't take many of those stories to really have an impact that, hey, it happened to them. It can happen to us. Well, that being the case, what strategies and tools are the industry employing to prevent these attacks these days? The strategies and tactics that they're deploying are really not materially different than what you see in other industries and organizations that have mature cybersecurity risk programs. And one of the roots of good risk management is rapid collection and analysis of data necessary to understand the risk posture of the environment and to take associated action. One key area that we see healthcare organizations reaching into on a very large scale, as they are getting their own houses in order, they are looking beyond, and going back to the earlier parts of our conversation, they're going beyond the boundaries of their own network, their own systems that they operate in their hospitals and so forth, and reaching into their supply chain to understand, okay, well, are my critical suppliers and partners meeting my own cybersecurity requirements that I've established internally. And again, a significant trend we see there is the theme of rapid acquisition of good data and analysis of that data necessary to understand what the risk is and to take appropriate actions. First, as you say, you have to confirm that your third parties and your supply chain partners are just as vigilant about cybersecurity as you are. So how are these companies making sure that that is the case? How are they vetting their suppliers and their other other third parties to make sure that they are that vigilant? So going back to the theme of that data collection, the traditional approach for assessing partners has been questionnaires. Send out a questionnaire periodically, answer some basic questions. Do you patch systems against known vulnerabilities? Do you filter unsafe network services from being exposed from the internet? Do you run antivirus on your systems and so forth? That continues to be a common theme or a common tool that organizations use. But where we see a lot of innovation nationally across the United States and even beyond is the adoption of security rating services where you can gather on a very large scale accurate information that reveals the quality of their cybersecurity performance based on what those organizations are manifesting on the internet. So you can get objective data around, well, what is the quality of this organization's software patching or their encryption of sensitive communications or their filtering of unsafe network services on the internet through the security rating services. They can get that objective data, they can get it continuously, and it enables them with that better data to have that better visibility into which partners, combining that data with the questionnaires, which of those partners are doing a good job in managing risk, and which ones really need additional engagement to raise the bar in their program. Can you also know whether those partners have had incidents in the past, whether they, their own systems have been breached at any point, which gives you a sense of the security of those systems? There's a few dimensions that you can look to in the past. One, risk recon's continuously monitoring the cybersecurity of 4 million companies now. And so when you pull up a company from the, the catalog of our systems, for example, you can look at the rating performance over time of those companies going back to up to five years in some cases. The other components are we and other cybersecurity rating companies maintain research around the data loss events each company's had. So you can see, do they have a history of data loss events? 
What were the dynamics of those data loss events? How did they get in? What was the size of the breach? What kind of data was stolen? You can also look at security rating services have visibility into the communications emanating from the networks of companies where we can monitor their systems communications with known command and control servers and so forth. So can you see current or past events where their systems were breached and there was known communication to external command and control servers and so forth? Does it depend to some degree on these partners revealing that information voluntarily, or can you access it somehow without needing to do that? So security rating services work based on what I would classify as open source intelligence, just meaning that you can gather this information without getting inside of an environment, without doing any penetration testing or anything like that, really just observing and analyzing the publicly accessible information that resides in the internet-facing systems of the company and also the communications of that company. There's just a surprising amount of information regarding the security quality that companies reveal by operating on the internet. And it's that publicly, and I'm air quoting here, that publicly accessible information that hides insights into the quality of their cybersecurity risk program. Now, it's not to say that this is the end-all be-all, but when you look at questionnaires where you just ask, hey, are you patching your systems against known vulnerabilities? Are you filtering unsafe network services from the internet access where you just simply get kind of a yes or no question? The security rating services are giving you additional data that's objective and can say, yes, based on what we observe on the internet, they are doing a good job in this area or no, they're not. But that additional resolution of data can really be used by organizations to fine-tune their risk prioritization of their vendors. Which ones, given my limited resources, and everybody in our space has limited resources, given this data, what's coming back from the questionnaire, what's coming back from the security ratings, combining that, okay, which vendors, based on this data, are performing well? And which vendors look like they have some problems, and I really need to engage with them to understand the root cause of those issues, in addition to talking with them about addressing the tactical issues that are currently manifest. Now, so far, we've been talking about that aspect of the healthcare industry related mostly to information, uh, medical insurance, collection agencies, and the like. But you also indicate, you said earlier, that they're required to look back into their supply chains. So I'm wondering, what are the larger implications for the entire healthcare industry when it comes to things like pharmaceutical development, and especially now, making this a very timely question, vaccine research and development and distribution? Is this all part of the same problem and with the same types of solutions, or are these things all inextricably linked? They're all inextricably linked. And we've been working with several companies on their supply chain security as it relates to vaccine development. And with a particular ramp in the middle of this year where they urgently had to ramp their supply chain for not only testing, research and development, manufacturing, distribution, and so forth, where we've seen some companies having to add hundreds and thousands of vendors in a very short period of time. And in many of those cases with those vendors, they are exchanging sensitive information. There's a lot at stake there. 
how do you get good visibility into the risk performance of those companies in a very short period of time? The point being is it's not lost on the practitioners that the sensitive data and, and really the dependency on their partners to maintain the privacy and the confidentiality of the data, as well as the integrity of their processes and the av- availability to perform their services. And that cybersecurity is a critical dimension to that. The same themes apply across whether it's a primary healthcare provider or a pharmaceutical company that's developing vaccines. It always comes down to the same theme in risk management that it takes good rapid acquisition of data and analytics necessary to understand the risk performance of an organization and what your risk exposure is and what should be done about it. Should you engage or not? Or if you choose to engage, what are the things that need to be addressed to minimize your risk in that relationship? And as specific and unique as the needs of the healthcare industry are, I would imagine that everything that you said to me today is just as applicable to any kind of information-heavy industry in terms of cybersecurity, right? Absolutely. Whether it's retail, hospitality, real estate, manufacturing, energy, it all applies. I would add this, though, that, again, the scope of risk has really become front and center and expanded for, I think, every industry, where it's not just organizations that are exchanging sensitive data. The other dimension that I think is universally applicable beyond data risk is also availability risk. Can my company operate if this company's systems are offline? Even if there's no sensitive data, if that's a critical manufacturing company or some sort of a supplier, everybody has to be thinking about, will my supply chain remain available? which parts of my supply chain are critical, not just from the data perspective, but also from the availability perspective. And the thing that's brought forward that availability importance and need is ransomware and the monetization of ransomware attacks. So going back when I was CISO of a large banking institution, It was very hard, 2000, 2005, it was difficult for attackers to monetize a DDoS attack, which would impact your availability because of the way that the attack has to be executed and sustained and the payments. Well, with the rise of Bitcoin and then the ransomware combined, you have a way to execute the attack and get paid on it without getting caught because there is no financial trail to track with Bitcoin. And so... Every organization faces an availability risk related to cybersecurity in their supply chain that they're now having to pay attention to. Well, that is some great advice, not just for healthcare supply chains, but for supply chains in general, especially today with the vaccine being an important issue and with all types of cybersecurity being absolutely vital to pay attention to. So Kelly White of Risk Recon, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Share your insights on this critical issue. Thanks very much for your time. Well, thank you, Robert. It's been great chatting with you. That was my conversation with Kelly White of Risk Recon, talking about cybersecurity in the healthcare supply chain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. 
can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you have any comments or suggestions on this or any episode, email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well, and see you next time.